At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And Wes, I always feel better on the show when we have national champions. Mm-hmm. We got a two-time national champion joining the program. Not one, two-time national champion from his days in Nebraska. A legend there and also in Green Bay. Amon Green joins the program now. Amon, it's great to have you on here. And we were talking a little bit before we began this, uh, this show here. And you go back and you look at your alma mater, Nebraska, and what they were able to do, even in a loss to Oklahoma, is that the week that Scott Frost kind of got this team back to playing better Nebraska football? And they got a big one, obviously, against Michigan tonight here uh, in Nebraska. Do you feel like Scott Frost has kind of righted the ship? Yeah, it was, I'd say, at that game, it was the games before that. It was kind of like a slow incline of getting the players buy-in. And just getting past, I think all of them, not just the players, but the coaches included, uh, getting past that bump in the road of, you know what, we want to win, and now we got to do the things that it takes to win. And so that means accountability, holding each other up at a higher level. You know, don't worry about our mistakes in the game. We'll fix them during practice next week and watch a film. And now you're seeing that with that that uh, that high, I say that high uh, winning football starting to come in back into Lincoln. And so, like we were just talking. We're watching Oklahoma and Texas right now. Texas is up big. And so that just shows you in that Oklahoma game, 
Nebraska wasn't that far off, and now Oklahoma is like, oh, what's really going on? You're in the top ten, and you're struggling against a twenty, you know, a team that's ranked twenty-one in the in the NCAA. So right now, what's going on in, in Norman? Amon, uh, we saw Nebraska last week kind of play their cleanest game of the year. I know Northwestern is down on personnel in the era of the super senior. Didn't bring a lot of starters back, but no turnovers, 56-7. to seven. And, you know, that's kind of the book on Adrian Martinez is that he's a little loose with the football, but when he plays a clean game, he's pretty good. Now, he's really good when he can run the ball, too, <laughs> when you mix in that zone read. Do you think Nebraska can have success running the ball on Michigan? Not a lot of teams have been able to do it so far this year. Um, I believe they can because they have the different, you know, between the different formations, the way they come out with the read option, they have, you know, speed, they got the jet motion, they got the receiver and the running back bellying behind the quarterback, you know, deeper into the backfield. So they, they throw different combinations of what Scott knows very well is the option offense. So having them of different formations, I'm pretty sure Michigan is going to study up on, but it's going to keep them on their toes to be alert of who's going to be the read option guy is going to be Adrian, and then what is it going to be a receiver or a running back? So them, the defense, the Wolverines defense is going to have to be up on their toes and knowing who's going to be the pitch guy and who's going to be the pitch the pitch man receiving the ball from from uh, Adrian in this game. So they got to be alert of that. And then on defense, you know, on offensive side of the ball, I know Michigan has been doing great with Quorum, the young running back, the sophomore there. Um, taking a big yardage, but right now is it's still going to, I believe, you know, just like anything, the game's got to get played. Talking with two-time college national champion Amon Green. And Amon, obviously, let's get to that matchup tonight uh, against Michigan. We've seen this line kind of fluctuate a little bit between three, three and a half here with Michigan being the road favorite. Uh, but Amon, in Nebraska today, if they get this win at home, which would be an upset, I put that in air quotes here, at least according uh, to the odds makers, what would that do for Scott Frost? For a guy who looked like he was dead man walking at the beginning of the year, is this the type of win that could get some of those boosters off his back and say, all right, he is the right guy for this job? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's clearly that game. It, it, will, it will get all the pressure, all the stress from the start of the season, from the investigation to the players not happy with him, everything going on in Lincoln where, you know what, we're back to football, we're back to Nebraska winning football. So getting a victory home or away against Harbaugh, those Wolverines that are playing high efficiency football right now and are going to beat you. They're playing beat you up football pretty much with the run game and a solid defense. Nebraska gets the win. Then you have Scott and his and that whole coaching staff really can wipe their brow and be like, all right, now we can just coach and not be coaching on top of the stress that's being put on us because of the pressure of trying to win games here in Lincoln. I'm on sticking in the Big Ten and really the biggest matchup, I think, of the afternoon. Going to get kicked off 1 o'clock Pacific time. It's Penn State and Iowa, two top five teams. Iowa, a very small favorite at Kinnick Stadium. Always a tough place to win there against the Hawkeyes. About two, two and a half point favorites. Penn State, look, they were kind of the mission team, it seemed like, this year. Right. Very disappointing season. Now out to 5-0. and oh. Who do you like here with the Nittany Lions and Iowa? Uh, I like the Nittany Lions right away because I, I know a guy that leads that team, uh, James Franklin. He was an assistant coach with me in Green Bay um, in my early years, 2001, 2000. And his motivation, the way he can motivate players, and obviously the way he studies the game as a head coach, you know, he knows what, what he needs to do to win. And he knows how to get his players in that position. He knows he needs to put the players that make plays in the right position to do make those plays you know if this guy's on defense blitzing if this guy's on defense being in a certain 
coverage or defense alignment, outside linebackers rushing at the proper time, and then offensively running back receivers, making sure they're running the plays they love to run, where they love to turn, you know, get the ball into the end zone or get big plays down the field. So he's a smart, you know, head coach that I've I got that that I know personally, he I know he's gonna have them guys ready, especially on the road going down in Kinnick Stadium. He knows better than anybody. That's a tough place to play. All right, obviously with two top five teams in action there, Amon, when you look at the AP top ten, okay, it feels like the Big Ten and Alabama and Georgia. I mean, that's what it kind of feels mm-hmm. like with all of these teams in the Big Ten in the top ten of right. the country. Amon, are they on the SEC's elite level? And I know Ohio State has the loss to Oregon early in the year, but they look like they're bouncing back to be Ohio State again. Are they that caliber that we can really put them in that rarefied air with Alabama and Georgia? Are you talking about Michigan when you say they? Well, I, I guess just the conference as a whole. When you look at all these top oh. ten teams, you can take any of them, right. Iowa, Penn State, and or Ohio State. Individually, can they can they get on that level? I'd say individually, not not quite yet. The SEC, the, the Southern schools, ACC, have a little edge. It's very, very competitive in those conferences. So to try to match up individually teams, I think they may be, you know, I think that back, they have to match up individually, They'll probably get some wins, you know, against Missouri, things with, you know, teams that are just now coming into the SEC that are now adapting to the competition. Um, individually, yeah, but as a whole, the conference, the conference right now, SEC, ACC, those are the stronger conferences just because of the competition and some of the coaching is being, you know, down there, being very well in, in, term, in terms of Nick Saban down there, putting his team together, knowing what he needs to do to win game in, game out, and, and season in and season out. I'm on. It seems like every year in the Big Ten, it's always the same teams at the top, but there's always one team. It seems like every year it's kind of that overachiever. Like last year in that COVID season, it was Northwestern and Indiana right. that were kind of the two right. teams that everybody expected, uh, you know, that were better than expected. But this year, right now, it's Michigan State, and they're 20 to 1 right now to win the Big Ten. Michigan's kind of getting that respect a little bit. Like, okay, Harbaugh and the Wolverines are back. Michigan State, maybe not so much in the market. I know you watched this team when they played Nebraska, a very competitive game up in East Lansing two weeks ago. Do you think Michigan State is for real or just a little bit of an overachiever here early in the season? No, I believe they're for real. You know, with the new coaching staff coming in a couple of years ago and trying to change that, get that program back to where it was in terms of being you know, competitive, and you've got to be competitive in the Big Ten. So I believe they are a contender to push for the Big Ten championship. But they just got to play their games. And they got to think basically like we did, as, like I did as players and how we were coached on it. Take it one game at a time, one week. Don't look ahead to nobody on the schedule. Just look ahead to that team that's coming in this week for them. And then that's how they stay on track, basically. All right, talking with Amon Green. You can follow him on Twitter as I do at Green 30 Amon, I do want to know about your Gamer Lounge podcast. Tell the people what that is. It sounds fun. Oh, man, it's super fun. Uh, something I created, <clears throat> excuse me, about a year and a half ago right before COVID hit, and it is a, it's a, it's a video it's a video game talk show, basically. We talk about what's going on in the industry, similar to what we're talking about with college football, but uh, it's all video games. We talk about developers, you know, from Microsoft to Sony to Insomniac to EA Sports, what games they're making. We, we give feedback on the game. We talk about the big issues going in the industry, like the stuff that was going down with Activision, Twitch being hacked, you know, last week. You know, we bring up the topics. Myself and my co-host, uh, John uh, Ardia, Adias and uh, Ben Yant, we get on there and we just voice our opinions. We have fun. We do a fun conversation uh, called This or That, where basically <clears throat> we pick and choose. And so it's similar to what we're talking about now. You know, this or that, would you pick Penn State or Iowa in this, uh, this Saturday's game? So you got to go with one. 
and then sometimes you can state your reasons why. But for, for the video game sake, you know, we, I think last year, or last week's episode was something real simple. Tacos or burrito? What's your pick? <laughs> I got to go. I got to go with tacos. I'm on. That's, that's the way I got to roll. I don't know about Wes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, the street tacos are my favorite. You know, for getting the street tacos, they're small, but they got a lot of flavor in them. So go, I got to go street tacos. But no, that's, that's the type of conversation we have. And then we talk about what's on stream. And we have all these fun stream apps, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus, Peacock, uh, Newbie, Quibi, you know, to watch movies. And we, you know, bring on the, the shows that we're watching, you know, and we talk about it. And we recommend stuff to the fans and people downloading the podcast. Hey, check this show out. It's a TV show that you're going to enjoy or a movie. And we talk about that. And, of course, we talk about video game releases, what's coming out week over week. It's, it's anywhere between 20 and 50 games coming out every week. 52 weeks a year, so it's always a game, a good, fun video game to talk about. So that's the podcast. You can download it all wherever you download your podcast and uh, tune in on, you can tune in live on Twitch TV and Amon Green TV on Twitch.tv. Very cool. Check it out. Amon Green's Gamer Lounge Podcast. Amon, a great having you on the program. Obviously a big one. We appreciate you taking the time to break down Michigan and your alma mater Nebraska. We'll catch up, catch up again soon, Amon. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Wes, talk to you soon. Talk to you you bet, Amon. Thank you. All right, so we'll see if the home team get that win again. And I, I thought he, he made some good points because we knew Scott Frost was on the hot seat. It does feel like all the pressure would go back to Harbaugh. It's it's a lukewarm seat right it's, now. Right. It's, not, yes. it's not cold, but it's not as hot as it was at the beginning of the year. That is a big one. We'll break down that game uh, in more detail. When we come back here, I wonder, could the ACC be wide open? Yeah, the ACC Clemson. Not Clemson, at least so far this year. Come on back. It's Betting Across America right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. 
and I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VEASAN Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategy and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season-long trends to watch. The guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season. Get your digital copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back here, betting across America, Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds, and it looks like the Ohio State University are taking care of those turtles. First drive of the third quarter, Wes, and right on down the field, Ohio State goes. Yeah, 42 to 10 now, Buckeyes. They were about minus eight, minus nine for the second half, so they are on the board. Still a couple games at halftime, by the way. Oklahoma down 38 to 20 in Dallas against Texas. Oklahoma minus six and a half for the second half. 33 and a half on the total. This may be the time to come in on Oklahoma mm-hmm. if you want, but Texas has uh, pretty much led wire to wire here and really from the first play from scrimmage when they got a touchdown. So Oklahoma now basically getting like 11 and a half for the game when you account for that second half total. And again, Ole Miss-Arkansas game, we've also been keeping an eye on. Arkansas just got a score to get back in that one, so the live odd there is minus four and a half for Ole Miss with a 24-20 lead. And a game, a bounce-back game for both of those schools. And both of those schools right now putting up a pretty good fight against one another. So a very interesting contest uh, between Arkansas and Ole Miss. But, Wes, I did want to go to the ACC here and get your thoughts on Florida State against North Carolina. And you look at the number here, and you go, whoa, mm-hmm. North Carolina at home, Chapel Hill? You're going to lay 17, 17 and a half against, uh, against Florida State? Now, I know Florida State's down, and I know they've been way down. That's still a rather large number. If you'd looked at that before the season, probably not going to get there with, with this big a number. Yeah. What do you make of it today? Well, it is that revenge spot for North Carolina because remember when they were a top five in the country and oh, kind of yeah. knocking on the door to say, hey, we could be a playoff contender. They went down and they got upset in Tallahassee. So obviously that is on their mind, and I think that's priced in the number. 
you look up, and North Carolina's been real Jekyll and Hyde. They've they been have. dominant in their three wins, and then they lose at Virginia Tech in the opener in Blacksburg, and and they also lose to uh, uh, UVA, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, uh, they are three and two on the season. We kind of thought maybe this, and it wasn't UVA. They lost they, to they Georgia beat Tech. UVA, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, 45 to 22. So this has really been a Jekyll and Hyde team. And North Carolina did lose a lot of personnel on offense. Yes. You do bring back uh, what was your Heisman Trophy candidate and Sam Howell. But you lost a lot of your receivers. You lost your top two running backs to the NFL who are producing for their NFL teams right now, Carter and Williams. And you just it, that's tough to make up for it when you're North Carolina and you're kind of trying to rebuild Mac Brown. Uh, he got left some talent there by Larry Fedora. When he got fired, Matt, credit to him, kind of that CEO approach as a head coach, was able to manage that talent properly. But you know, it's like, now you got to get your own dudes. You can't be coaching with somebody else's dudes. So North Carolina has been a little down this year. Look, Florida State, they got to win. And at least, you know, at least they got some feel good where it's like, okay, we got the monkey off our back. We at least got to win. They held on against Syracuse last week. They failed to cover the spread in four straight games. So you're not really seeing a lot of action I think, come in on Florida State. That being said, North Carolina's awful Jekyll and Hyde delayed this number, so if I had to play this game, which I have not as of yet, it would be taking the points with Florida State. Larry Fedora always upset me that he didn't wear a fedora. I always mm-hmm. just thought that would work, and maybe he'd still be the head coach these coaches at don't wear the cool stuff anymore. I mean, it just seemed like a lamp. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, they got the win Florida State did over Syracuse, but didn't cover the number. Uh, today, my orange... At home, no place like Dome, going to take on Wake Forest. And Wake Forest on the road giving a touchdown here, six uh, on the road here at Cuse. Look, I, I stay away because I'm emotionally attached to, to Syracuse. I, I obviously want to use my heart. But what about what's your head say? Because to me, if I was being perfectly honest, it feels like Wake Forest's offense is going to be a real problem for mm-hmm. Syracuse's defense. Right, now, and I understand that. And Wake now ranked 19th. And by the way, number one in the Atlantic Division, already 3-0, and and putting themselves in position, uh, you know, the Atlantic Division is like the Clemson Invitational in the ACC. Maybe not so much this year as that conference is the Wheel of Destiny. It's like somebody's going to win the Atlantic and somebody's going to win the Coastal. We don't know who it's going to be right now, but certainly Wake Forest, at least in the top position or the leader in the clubhouse, so to speak, at 3-0. and But if you look at Wake Forest, the defense has looked shaky over the last couple weeks, yep. and that's what worries you as a road favorite. They did go to Virginia and get the win, and then they had Louisville at home, but they gave up over 500 yards, and teams that give up that many yards on defense, I usually don't like as road favorites. Hmm. Uh, look, they I mean, everybody's talking about, man, they're going to be 8-0 uh, going into uh, North Carolina at the beginning of November because they have this game against Syracuse. They have a game against Army. That won't be easy next week, no. by the way, or, or in two weeks from now to prepare for that triple option. Then you have Duke. And then you go to North Carolina and play the uh, Tar Heels. But I'm on Syracuse here. And look, I I, got to say, uh, you know, what Dino Babers has done. And I don't think this team is great. And they got beat by Florida State. But that was a coin flip game. Yeah, they were in it. But because they got beat by a bad Florida State team, the market seems a little lukewarm on this team. If you look at what Syracuse has done so far, remember uh, a couple Fridays ago, they were getting a touchdown at home against Liberty. So I think a lot of people will look at this number just kind of in a vacuum and say, well, they got seven against Liberty. They're only getting six against Wake Forest, you know, who's 19th in the country and (laughs) undefeated and undefeated in the league as well. You know, how can that be? But I think what Syracuse has done is Dino Babers has finally realized, okay, I can't do this 
warp speed. I can't do this tempo, tempo, no. tempo, 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 because I don't have the offensive line to be able to necessarily protect a lot in passing situations. You've watched this program closely. I mean, Tommy DeVito has had the hell beat out of him. Yeah. And by the way, he is not the quarterback anymore. It is Garrett Schrader, the Mississippi State transfer, I think has given him a little bit of life. Yes. There's not a team that can really throw the ball very well down the field, but they can run the ball. And he's very good on the zone read. And I think Dino Babers has kind of slowed that tempo a little bit. And I think he's going to try to use that to his advantage today because I mentioned about Wake Forest giving up 500 yards each of the last two games. This is where you want to keep that defense on the field because that defense is going to get awful tired really quick when you're running and you're having these long drives, which Syracuse has been able to put together. And I think this is a good spot for the Orange. Uh, They've been a lot better than I thought that they were going to be. In terms of yards per play margin, they're in the top 25 in the country because they've been able to run the ball. I think the defense is relatively solid, and it really wasn't that bad last year. It was just on the field all the time. So I do like Syracuse here getting the points. It is less than a touchdown, but you know I still think it's worth it. Uh, Wake Forest, that, that's not a road favorite I typically like to lay. A road favorite going to give up a bunch of chunk yards on defense. And Dino Babers and company might be 3-2 and two overall, but they've been 4-1 and ATS. Uh, the only time they didn't cover was that rock fight against Rutgers. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm with you. To me, it does feel like they're, they're a good team. Uh, ATS-wise, take those points And they've home. been better since uh, Schrader has taken over. Remember, Schrader was at Mississippi State when uh, Joe Moorhead mm-hmm. was the head coach. Joe Moorhead, of course, now the offensive coordinator at Oregon. And Joe Moorhead likes to do a lot of zone read stuff. And Garrett Schrader, I think, fits that. And I think that orange offense has just looked better. I think that offensive line is better run blocking than they certainly are pass blocking. Yeah, that, that over might be a play, too, if you want to look at, at, at a total there. Uh, potentially... Uh, to, to tick over is the way I'm looking at that one as well. Okay, maybe a hold-your-nose game that I have to ask you about. UConn? You mean the main event of the day? UConn is favored against somebody. That somebody is UMass. Land three, UConn, UMass. No, we're not playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Marcus Camby's not walking through that door, or Richard Hamilton. What do you make of the Huskies giving points? This reminds me of an old like WWF house show in the Northeast where you've got the two jobbers in the in like the second match on the card and it's like somebody's going to win because you always see like these jobbers lose like a uh, Barry Horowitz yeah, or Barry Steve Horowitz. Lombardi. So it's like somebody's got to win in the battle of the jobbers here. Uh, and UConn lane three. And no surprise, they're the road favorite because they almost beat Vanderbilt. Yep. And I know Vanderbilt is no great shakes, but that's still an SEC team. And an SEC team is going to beat uh, middle of the road, bottom feeding independent team almost every single time. What has happened, though, this has been bet to the over. And a lot of syndicates have liked this. 55, but not a huge move. It's up to about 57. I would still lean to the over. Oftentimes when I think you have two bad teams, you think it's going to be like a defensive slog. It might be like happy action fun time where it's just like, okay, now it's like, oh, we feel we can move the ball. We feel like we can score on these guys. So would lean to the over. I did not bet the side. 0-6 oh, against 0-5. Oh, uh, tough to make a convincing case either way. 0-11, oh, baby. Somebody's got to win again. You, you, you wish this was being played in the Mullins Center like in the 90s with Jim Calhoun and John Calipari on the benches. Would love to watch that sadly game. Sadly not. And they refused to play each other back then. And I, I would not watch this game. But the point is, at least in college football, unlike the NFL, somebody's going to win today. Mm-hmm. So that 0-11 is going to go. If they were in the NFL... I'd say this game's going to end in a tie. 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just, to me, I cannot believe UConn's favored over anybody. But then you look at UMass and you go, okay, maybe that's the one school they should be favored by a field goal on the road against. Uh, Ohio State is putting it down on Maryland right now. They're driving again, 42 to 10 there. And Texas still up on OU and the Red River Showdown, 38 to 20. Many more scores, updates, live odds when you come back with us right here. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over-unders and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Back here, betting across America. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And Wes, bang, bang, we got a shootout. Ole Miss and Arkansas. Back and forth we go. Arkansas just tied it up at 24. And now Ole Miss has regained the lead 31-24. Three and a half minutes to go there in the third quarter. We're getting the points, which I think we thought we'd get. Yeah, no surprise that the scoring, I think, is now picking up. Kind of a crossroads game for both teams. Off a loss. How are they going to react? Ole Miss, a little bit more of the proven commodity. Mm -hmm. Arkansas in the second season with Sam Pittman. Now Ole Miss minus six and a half, minus a dollar forty, seventy-five and a half on the in-game total, and then a couple other updates. Uh, we'll get to Baylor all over West Virginia, twenty-two and a half. West Virginia got the money. That money wrongfully placed, sixty-two and a half. Also on the in-game total, Ohio State continues to pull away from Maryland, forty-nine to ten, and now middle of the third quarter, twenty-eight thirteen. Michigan State over Rutgers. Michigan State already at over five hundred yards offense. All right, I'm calling it that. That that I'm going to win that smart play with Maryland, and I'm going to do my Barry Horowitz, pat myself on the yeah, back. I, we'll I, see. We'll see if I can hold on there. But it was looking pretty darn good. Uh, I do want to uh, get get your thoughts here on a game we have not discussed so far today, and that's Wisconsin. I kidded about UConn being a favorite against anybody. Well, Wisconsin not only are they a favorite, twelve and a half point favorite at the Fighting Brett Bielema's and the Illinois uh, Fighting Illini here. So twelve and a half. For Wisconsin, and they—if you've been backing Wisconsin this year, you're losing money. Okay, mm-hmm. and I know Graham Mertz, and I know Illinois is not good, but Wes, this number just feels too big to me right now for what I would say is a very unconfident Wisconsin football. Team. Yeah, and look, I don't want any part of Illinois after that win over Nebraska and upset. They've been pretty pedestrian. You look a uh, couple questionable decisions too by Brett Bielema. I think might have cost him the game against Purdue. And I think might have cost him a game against Maryland. Mm. I understand why the numbers backers laid minus eight on the opener on Sunday afternoon with Wisconsin. And sometimes guys are just going to do that that maybe don't like a side per se. Right. But they're just going to get out ahead of the number. And obviously this is going to close and you've got some good closing line value in your pocket. Wisconsin, too, I think part of the movement is that they have played a tough schedule. Their three losses are to top 15 teams. Okay. Penn State, Notre Dame and Michigan. So this is a drop down in class. You know, you talk about that in horse racing, like when you're in a stakes race and you go down to like an allowance race and, and <laughs> you know, you face against better competition, all of a sudden you're going against top level thoroughbreds and then you're going against some people trying to like win their maidens or, or horses that don't win very often. So that's kind of the situation that Wisconsin is in here. 
with that offense, man, I'm I'm just not sure I can really back them. And I know they got upset a couple years ago, Wisconsin, when they were like 30-point favorites last time they visited Champaign. So probably some seniors on that team very much remember that and mm-hmm. remember that that kind of dashed Wisconsin's hopes in the college football playoff. But, you know, Graham Mertz is upgraded to probable, too. So that has, you know, and I do think he's better than Chase Wolf, even though Graham Mertz has not really played very well. But they're beat up a little bit on the offensive line as well. So how many explosive plays is Wisconsin going to be able to generate? I think the number is too high. I'd probably just fade the steam at this point and go Illinois or nothing, but I'm going to choose nothing. All right, down to 11 here at BetMGM. But again, I want to talk very quickly about that total. You don't see totals, 42. We took mentioned with the Penn State and Iowa game tonight and just how low that total is. What do you make when you see a total that low in college football of just 42? But again, when you kind of break it down the way you just did, it's hard to see that we get to that number. Yeah, because you got to think Illinois is going to have to really be able to throw the ball against Wisconsin. Nobody has been able to uh, to run the ball against them. They're number one in the country in terms of rushing yards defense per game at 45.2. So you got to think, okay, they're going to be able to shut down the run, which they've even done against really good teams, better teams in Illinois. So you got to think Brandon Peters is going to have to make some plays. Now, Brandon Peters battled injuries. Remember, he went out in that Nebraska game, then Artie Sikowski. The Rutgers transfer had to start for a couple games. So, you know, with Illinois, I think they're still kind of trying to figure out their identity in a first year with the new head coach. What do we want to be? I think they want to be a running team. But against Wisconsin, there are better teams to try to experiment and be a running team against than Wisconsin. So that's why you see that low total. A couple 42s I want to discuss very quickly with you, and that would be 4 to 42 nothing over Vanderbilt right now. So they are putting the wood to them. But the bigger surprise to me is the other 42. Baylor. 42-13 now over West Virginia yeah. in a game that you, you saw that the number came down to one preflop. Yeah, all that closing line value means oh. a world of you-know-what right now. Right? Because, uh, I mean, it was West Virginia that got the money. It was three. So I think that showed you that there were some wise guys that really liked that to drive that number all the way down to one. And 42-13 wow. to 13 Baylor, I did not see that blowout coming. And now Baylor... They they fell out because they fell out of the polls last week. They lost at Oklahoma State twenty four to fourteen. Then it's like okay, maybe Baylor's not for real because you look at what Baylor did. They had played an easy schedule. They had played Texas State, Texas Southern, and mm-hmm. Kansas. They beat Iowa State. Iowa State absolutely outstatted them, but Baylor was able to force turnovers, and it just kind of the game flowed their way. But it looked like a little bit of a faulty win when you just go inside the box score. Then they lose to Oklahoma State. Nice bounce back, though, for Dave Aranda. Baylor showed a little something Ooh. today, and they're going to be ranked again next week. We'll see if they get an undefeated BYU team here this afternoon coming in, but you got to think that's going to be a ranked opponent, or, or Baylor is certainly going to be ranked at the beginning of Monday. I'd like to tip my cap to Sam Pittman. Speaking of comebacks, they've come back and tied up Lane Kiffin's bunch 31-31. I tip my cap to both those, those coaches because those teams got demoralized, both of them, mm-hmm. a week ago, and both of them putting up a really good fight here, about a minute 42 to go in the third quarter, all knotted up. Uh, at the Grove, I believe it's called, down there in Ole Miss. Yeah, and all these games are still important because you got to think, okay, it's Alabama, Georgia, and everybody else. They're probably going to meet in the SEC championship game, but this is positioning here because you have tough competition every week in the Southeastern Conference. So now, you know, you're trying to get, if you can't get into a playoff, even though if ever, if there's chaos, maybe there's obviously a chance, but... You want to get in those like New Year's Six type of bowl yeah. games, those big money games, uh, the Orange Bowl and the Peach Bowl, 
and those different type of games because that's where you get the big money. So still a lot to play for for Arkansas and Oklahoma and Ole Miss, despite the fact they lost last week. You know, our producer Jacob Roach said to me, uh, you know, which one of these games might bite me in my parlay? And, and he's looking good with his Ohio State play up forty nine to ten here. We went through some of the other matchups, and the one that I thought might give him problems is he's laying the number with Georgia against Auburn, okay, between the hedges. And I, I look at this game here, Wes, and I'm starting to believe Bo Nix in year number 13, I believe it is now mm-hmm. officially, at Auburn, that he's playing some of his better football. That, look, when you come in as a, as a heralded freshman, as he did three years ago, the expectation level felt like it was way too high. Yeah. And then you even heard rumblings at the beginning of this year when the Penn State game didn't go their way. You thought, oh, maybe Bo Nix isn't the guy. And then last week against LSU, he showed me a lot. Can he show something against this Georgia defense, which might be the very best in college football? Maybe he can. And by the way, you know, Bo Nix's problem is he's been Bo Picks really over his uh, career down on <laughs> not the Not this year. No, not this year. Six touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, 58.5% completion. I think that needs to be a little bit better, 979 yards. But He's running, I think, in less of a zone read type of offense because when Gus Malzahn was there, it was more zone read. And I think Bo Nix needs to be a little bit more of a pro-style quarterback. I mean, he certainly can run a little bit, sure. but he's going to make his money throwing the ball. He's a big guy, 6'3", 214. He's got good size. So I think Brian Harson is trying to let him maybe throw the ball down the field a little bit more. Look, this is a Herculean task against the Georgia defense we mentioned earlier. They're only allowing five points a game, for God's sake. So that's as good as it gets right now. But now you have Georgia, you know, kind of uh, looking through their schedule. They got off that uh, beat Arkansas, who was a top 10 team, by the way, last week and beat them easily, 37 nothing. Schedule doesn't get any easier, though. You got to go to Auburn. You got a ranked Kentucky team that's still undefeated, pending their game against LSU tonight before you even get the cocktail party. So they can't be looking ahead here. And I know that the cocktail party, that game, even though Florida already has two losses, that's kind of always their game of the year down there in Jacksonville. I thought this number was big. I did not bet this game, but would lean a little bit to Auburn. Total very low at now 46.5 at BetMGM, but would lean a little bit to Auburn getting those points. But then again, do I really want to get in front of Georgia? And I really don't want to. You know, it's interesting very quickly to the to the, to the the total side here because I look at that number and I go, you, you saw the points for the average 41 and 40. Mm-hmm. These offenses have been putting up points. Well, and it's the same thing last week too when everybody was betting Ole Miss against Alabama and uh, Arkansas against Georgia. Look at all these points. These are ranked teams. And sometimes these teams are a favorite for a reason. So I'm not going to lay over two touchdowns on the road with Georgia, but I'm not going to get in front of them either. I'm kind of with you on that. I might stay away. Good luck to Jacob Roach on his on his parlay because, again, I think that could be a dicey proposition. But I do kind of like the over just a little bit in that game. All right. I'm going to take a quick timeout when we come back here betting across America. These two Power 5 conferences are the only two that still don't have an odds-on favorite. Power 5 conferences we're talking about. When we come back, we'll buy, sell, or hold. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Right now, new customers have a chance to win 200 bucks in free bets when they place a $10 wager on the champ to defend his title tonight, October 9th. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Get ready to start betting with confidence and turning knockouts into payouts. Sign up today and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if Tyson Fury 
is victorious. Get in the ring with the king and enjoy the fight night experience more than ever. New customer offer, paid and free bets, eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Motion offer not available in Nevada. Alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America. And we're looking at Ohio State just absolutely trucking Maryland. Those turtles are getting stomped on. It is now 56-10 to 10 with two minutes to go in the third quarter. Call off the dogs! Yeah. You got to think this one's over. Yeah. If this you're Ohio is, State. Mar- Maryland is done here. Uh, 56 to 10 Ooh. here. 231 left to go in the third quarter. I don't even know if Bet MGM, they might not even be putting up live lines anymore. I don't even see one on this game <laughs> right now. But look, uh, Ohio State, Greg Ciano did say in his press conference or his post game presser after uh, Rutgers got drummed last week oh. in Piscataway said, look, Ohio State's back. They're finding their groove right now. They are absolutely finding their groove. 56 to 10. Nothing doing for Maryland here in the second half because this Ohio State defense, especially this pass defense, can be had a little bit. But already 546 yards. We will see if uh, Stroud and the starters are sitting here in the fourth quarter because, look, Ohio State is at seven right now. So, you know, there's always the style points factor. I think they got them. And whatnot. But I don't think that they really need any more. I think... You know, you're right in the playoff mix, and we're going to start getting those poll rankings here in a couple weeks where it's those official rankings released on Tuesday night for the college football playoff. This is over. Ohio State is uh, very much on to the bye week, and then they'll have Indiana in two weeks in Bloomington. Speaking of Piscataway, I'm a bit surprised, and it's not so much that Rutgers is down 28-13 at home to Michigan State. It's more on the Michigan State side. Wes, do I need to start paying attention to Mel Tucker and company going, all right, this is a solid team in the Big Ten? I think that we do. 526 yards of offense. It is 28 to 13. Rutgers is in Sparty territory trying to make this a one-score game. Michigan State, by the way, minus 12 and a half, 49 and a half on the total, actually 53 and a half. Now this disappears as Rutgers, uh, I believe, approaching the red zone or just outside of it here in Piscataway. So still some time left, 11 minutes left to go. Rutgers has to get in the end zone, though, here. I do like to do this exercise that we call buy, sell, and hold. I think it's a fun one, but I could also think you might be able to make some money when you listen as we kind of workshop through the ACC here. Now, free flop before the season. Clemson to win the ACC. You could have gotten as high as minus 900 mm-hmm. for the Tigers to win this conference. Now, plus 150? And I know the NC State loss. Don't turn your back on the Wolfpack. Plus 400. That's the one that looms large. But Clemson at plus 150. I mean, do you trust Dabo and company to run the table, get a little bit of help, and still win this conference? You know, you'd probably be best served if you're betting conference futures here if you just put all the teams in a hat, close your eyes, and then just pick one out of a hat and say, okay, that's who I'm going to go with, and that's what I'm going to bet. I don't seriously endorse doing that. But it kind of feels that way when you look at this because there's any number of teams, and right now Wake Forest, of course, 3-0. and They have the best conference record. They're going to Syracuse here, and that'll get started in about a little less than an hour up there in the Carrier Dome. But you have Clemson right now. They're third in the Atlantic Division at 2-1. At and one. They barely got by Boston College last week. They had to hold on. They were able to get that fumble from Dennis Grossel and and hold on to the game down there in Death Valley. Clemson's schedule, I mean, they're probably good. they're going to be favorite in every one of these games, so that's why you're seeing them still at the lowest prices. They'll be favored at Syracuse, even if Syracuse pulls the upset over Wake Forest. Uh, they'll be favored over Florida State. They'll be favored against Louisville, UConn, a non-conference game. 
they'll be favored at home even against Wake Forest, even if they're undefeated. I don't know if they're going to be out. Any Nobody's going to be undefeated in the ACC. The one game that I thought when I looked at the schedule earlier in the season in conference play where they were going to be clear favorites, it actually necessarily wasn't NC State. It was Pittsburgh. Yes. And Pittsburgh all of a sudden, you know, they've hey. been known for their defense because Nardivzi's a defensive guy. They rush the passer really well. But all of a sudden, you've got this Pittsburgh team that now is scoring points. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett, speaking of a quarterback that's been in the program for a long time, I think he replaced <laughs> Dan Marino there, there in Pittsburgh. Uh, but he has certainly been there for a while. But you look at Pitt, 51 against UMass. Okay, everybody scores against UMass. Scored 41 in Tennessee against a Tennessee team that doesn't look like they're all that bad. They're still a little bit of ways away, but Josh Heupel at least has them competitive in games. The Pittsburgh one loss was at home to Western Michigan in non-conference, still scored 41, 77 against UNH, New Hampshire, and FCS. But then they scored 52 last week at Georgia Tech. I think Pitt has gone over in every game this season. You're used to Pittsburgh games kind of being like rock fights right? and kind of being grinds, like 23 no. to 20 type of games. Not so much anymore. Kenny Pickett has absolutely produced. By the way, Pitt is on a bye week this week. Kenny Pickett's got 19 touchdowns to one interception so far this season. Well, you and I, our eyes went to the same spot because that was the danger spot I saw when I looked at that schedule for Clemson going forward. So we'll find out if that can happen uh, and, and they can pull off that upset because this is like I want to play the number, Clemson, because I love the value. Mm -hmm. But then I look at the team and I look at the schedule and I go, there are pitfalls still well, potentially And they're still them. the most talented team, but they've got their fair share of injuries. Boy, and don't they ever. Eventually... The depth, I mean, because a team like Clemson, you expect powerhouse program, they're going to have a ton of depth, and they usually do, but I don't know if 150 is enough for me with I Clemson, because I was that. kind of thinking, you know what, eventually water is always going to find its level, right? Well, it's so far it hasn't. I mean, they're lucky to be three and two. They're the low. They're about the lowest scoring team in the conference. Amazing. They've only scored 106 points, basically, in uh, five games. Defense is still really good, only allowed 61, and that's why I think you still see... Clemson really priced there because it's like, well, their defense is more of the strength of their team. They've got the best defense, arguably, in the ACC. All right, let's see if they can get uh, the ship right there. But they got to get the, the, the offensive line figured out there for Clemson, to your point. They just don't score points because they can't move the football and they can't protect DJU. Let's go to the Pac-12. And Arizona State, and I thought you made a great point of this earlier in the program. We saw what they did last night, a very impressive win over Stanford at home, easily covering the number there and playing really good defense. They're the odds-on favorite right now to win the Pac-12 at plus 175. Oregon, right there, nipping at their heels at plus 185. They've got a bye week this week. And then your long shots are UCLA and Utah at plus 700. So buy, sell, hold, when we look at the Pac-12. Is it Arizona State or bus or, or Oregon sitting there going, wait a minute, did you see what we did in the shoe against mm -hmm. Ohio State? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still think Oregon is the most talented team. Now, Arizona State was my pick to win the South Division, and I think they are going to win the South Division. I know it's easy to say they're undefeated in conference play right now, but this was a team I really liked. I really liked the quarterback, Daniels, and we were talking about that with Charles Arbuckle earlier. Yeah. They've got a lot of weapons, and, and they can throw the football. You saw it against UCLA last week. You saw it against Stanford last night. Stanford was kind of a little bit of a public underdog getting 13, 13 and a half. It's like, hey, these dudes just beat Oregon. Why the hell are they getting close to two touchdowns against Arizona State? Arizona State hold on and won 28 to 10. I do think ASU is the absolute team to beat in the South because you look, Utah's obviously had a lot of adversity. They already had their quarterback, Charlie Brewer, go ahead and quit on him when he got pulled from the game. It's right. like, okay, I'm going to transfer. He had already transferred in from Baylor. And then, of course, the off-the-field stuff, they they lost yes. the kid to a tragic shooting. 
USC is Ben Jekyll and Hyde. Still trying to see who that new coach is. One week they look like USC, and then one week they're very <laughs> pedestrian. Right. UCLA, the defense, as Charles Arbuckle talked about, the offense is really good, but the defense not so good, and then bottom feeders in the South. You know, you look at the North right now, and actually who is leading the North, it is Jonathan Smith and the Oregon State Beavers right no now. respect for at them. 2-0. They are a road favorite against uh, the Cougars up in the Palouse at Washington State. I still think Oregon is the most talented team in the North. It looks like an Oregon-Arizona state, but with this Pac-12, you never know because now it seems like teams are out of the playoff, and I don't think Oregon necessarily is that far out of it. They are eighth, but I think now Oregon's margin for error, though, is absolutely done. They have to run the table. They cannot afford another slip-up, or they are not going to even sniff a college football playoff. No, that loss obviously hurts them uh, in the farm uh, against Stanford, but you know, I, I kind of fell for that trap a little bit, Wes. I didn't play the game last night, but I was leaning towards Stanford. I'm glad I stayed away, but but great point there because a lot of times we do this, this kind of transitive property thing, mm-hmm. and you, it's really hard to do that in, no. in gambling terms. Yeah, right? and because I was just having an exchange on Twitter, and I may end up being wrong on this, but there was a guy kind of like Wake Forest. He's like, well, Syracuse didn't beat Florida State, and Wake Forest laid out Florida State, and I was like, absolutely true, but this is college football where you definitely never have the same team in the same week, and there's something to be said for momentum. Uh, look, I could very well be wrong. I'm not talking them out of the side, but yep. you can't necessarily always do that transitive handicapping because markets are going to change over time. Absolutely. I think that's that's great advice out there. You should not. you got to look at this, these games independently. Yes, you want to take the information from what you saw in the previous contest and use it for the game that's going on today. We got some 12:30 kickoffs uh, Pacific Coast time. We're going to discuss when you come back with us. And Ben Fox is going to join us over at Mandalay Bay. He is our VP of digital content here at Veasan, the sports betting network. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.